You're listening to a sermon of Meadowbrook Church in Ocala, Florida. For more media resources, visit us online at www.nbcocala.com. Well, we're continuing on our teaching on the ministry of encouragement. You have the ministry of encouragement. You have a responsibility to encourage people around you. And especially as believers, it is unique to the Christian family, the family of God, that that's important to us. We have a certain bent. We should. And the more that we grow in God, that we want to be a blessing. We want to encourage people. Y'all, y'all here? Uh, we want to encourage people. Everybody needs encouragement. Everybody. And not everybody out there realizes that they not only need to be encouraged, but they also need to be an encourager. So we are learning not only that we are to be equipped to be able to encourage other people. And it's even people that you don't know. Uh, And and some people you don't even like. You know, and you interact with people all the time, you know, as you come and go and you eat somewhere, shop somewhere, go somewhere, whatever it would be. uh, You interact with people and and you should not leave a, a bad taste in people's mouths. You should leave the fragrance of the knowledge of God. You, you should be carrying something that's a beautiful thing with you, the peace of God, and that your words are not abrupt and harsh and demanding, but that we're, we're a blessing to people. We are his ambassadors. We are, we are his hands and feet and his smile and his, his voice in the world today. And so we need to be encouragers to others. Amen. Now, you cannot give what you do not have. So if you, let me put it this way, you must learn, we have to be very skilled at this, of knowing how to encourage ourselves and to keep ourselves encouraged. Very, very vital. So we want to uh, continue to look at this today. Next week, we're going to move into some real practical things of being able to encourage some other folks. Now, for the sake of time, I went ahead and I wrote some things down here. And this is a digression we're going to look at. Now, it's only partially true that for the sake of time, I wrote this ahead of time. The other thing is, it's a a lot of pressure to write big words in front of people. Okay? (laughs) So, this is a digression that we've got to be aware of. Disappointment. And disappointment will lead to discouragement. Discouragement will lead to depression. And depression will lead to defeat. And I think there's probably a little subheading under depression before defeat. And it's this disgust. That you just get to a place, you know. So we've got to fight this whole digression. You've got to fight this. Everybody say fight. Fight. Too many people just lay down and let everything happen. And we've got to learn to fight this. Now let's, let's kind of break this down a little bit. And this is not psychology. How many of you know that when Jesus paid the price that he did on the cross, he paid the supreme price to take care of your whole man, spirit, soul, and body, spirit, soul, and body. It's not just Sunday school ideas of some far off heaven. This is not just pie in the sky. This is steak on the plate. This is real stuff every day, day in and day out. Your emotional health, your mental health, your your physical health, that you spirit, soul, and body. Jesus has made provision for you to be well and strong and have impact while you're here on earth and actually to enjoy the ride a little bit. So we need to understand that We have some tools, scriptural tools, some natural things even, that we can fight these things. Because who wants you to be defeated? The enemy of your soul wants you to be defeated. And so that's the last place I want to end up. That's the last place that I want you to end up. Because what Jesus has came and brought for us is victory. 
But we have to appropriate the things that he's given to us. So start out here with disappointment. How many of you have ever been disappointed before? Well, welcome to life. Because it is part of life. Your parade's going to get rained on. On occasion. Your picnic ants and gnats are going to show up. You're going to go somewhere and they're out of the special. You're going to buy something that's not all you thought it would be. And you end up disappointed. Somebody said they would do something they don't or can't follow through. All along, you're going to be disappointed. It's just part of life. It should not be all of life. But you have to understand that it goes with with everything. My youngest son, Gabriel, uh, five, six weeks ago now, he said, Dad, Dad, Dad. And he'd been telling me about this thing he saw advertised on TV. And I won't tell you what it is right now, but it's kind of a cool thing. And he was showing me, he said, can I get it? And I said, buddy, that commercial was so fast. I don't even, I don't even know. He said, I've got the website. <laughs> so he pulls it up. He shows me the video and all the stuff. And we read all about it. And I'm thinking inside, man, if I was 10, 11 years old, I'd want one of these. So I said, let's do it. So we ordered it online. It said allow two to three weeks for delivery. Well, we're now five, almost six weeks, you know. And so far, all they've done is sell my address and information phone number to telemarketers, okay? So I've told them, get me off your list. Love you. Leave me alone. And uh, so I've had about four or five of those calls. And uh, I did check on the tracking, and it's actually, it should show tomorrow or Tuesday. It should, should show up. But every day, he's been excited. Every day. Dad, do you think it'll come today? I said, well, I don't know, man. And, and not wanting to get his hopes too high. You think it's going to come today? I bet it's going to come tomorrow. You know, and he's all, he's all cranked about it. Well, last week, he told me, Dad, what if this thing comes and it's just stupid? I said, I'm starting to wonder. And he goes, yeah, me too. Yeah. So I think I'm going to go buy him something really cool to have just in case, you know. But disappointment, it kind of it goes with life. And can I share my opinion on something real quick? And I do believe it rather strongly. I am not for the mindset or the program or system of raising our children that um, let's don't keep score and everybody gets a trophy and everybody's a winner and let's don't keep grades and everybody gets smiley faces. I just, I'm just really not for that where we just so shelter them that there's no disappointment in their life. You never tell them no and they never lose and they never get an actual score and never get, you know, and you do all that because you know what you're doing? You're setting them up later for greater disappointment because you can only do that so long and then they're going to have to step out into the real world and that job, that position, that person, whatever that they wanted. You know, and so I want, I, I want to date her. I want to marry her. Well, maybe she doesn't even like you and you turn into a stalker or something, you know, cause, cause you don't know that no means no. And so I, I don't, you know, and I'm not making it rough on kids, but reality for kids to realize, you know, there's a winner and, and others tried hard and did it and did it right. You know, I was raised that way and it helps me and no is good. But if you, if you grow up your whole life and no one ever tells you no, then when you get out in real life, it doesn't make sense to you. That's right. And you can't deal with the real disappointments that are a part of life. Amen. But when we have no come to us, it makes us think. 
When we have no comes to us, it makes us be resilient. It makes us be creative. It makes us kind of check our ways when a no comes, when a disappointment comes to us. So it's, it's okay. And we've got to realize that this is, and this is not naysaying, this is not doom and gloom. Part of life includes disappointment. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay, so this happens for all of us. And so that comes to all of us. And it's very important that we fight this in, the, in this sense, in that, that we deal with this. And part of the way that we deal with it is just knowing it's going to happen. Now, don't have a negative expectation. Don't expect to be disappointed by things. But when disappointments do come, realize, you know what? That's part of life. That's part of life. We planned this picnic a long time and now it's raining. Eat in the car. <laughs> Come on. You know, things, things happen in life. But we have to deal with it at this level. Because if we don't deal with it at this level, then it's going to come down to this level. And we're going to end up discouraged. Now, remember the prefix on this. Dis means to take out or to lose. And we don't want to lose our what? Our courage. And your courage is tied to hope. It's tied to faith. It's tied to the strength to live this life. And so if you don't deal properly with disappointment, then it's going to come down and you're going to end up discouraged. And now when you get discouraged, it's important that you know this. This begins to impact your soul where you think and feel and decide your will, your intellect, your emotions starts to impact you deeper because you didn't take care of the disappointment that came to life. And you're going to have disappointment that comes, but then we have to deal with it. And I'm going to show you some ways to do that this morning. But you don't want it now to start, and this is our subject, encouragement. We don't want to now end up discouraged. So we're going to have to fight right here. Right in here, we're going to have to fight. Because we do not want to end up here. I'll move my board if y'all don't respond. We'll go, we'll go over here. Now they try to get it fraud. And then we don't want to end up here. Now, discouragement, if left unchecked, and we're not dealing with the disappointment that through the law of accumulation is piling up on us, and now we're discouraged, we will then end up depressed. Depressed. And there's levels of depression. There's reasons for depression. But the kind that we can avoid, and, and you need to know this, you're redeemed from it. Yes. I said you're redeemed from it. Yes. And everything that you can do to avoid these things, you need to do. You should never be depressed and stay depressed. And I'm trying to arm you with some things. There's no condemnation. This is not a house of condemnation. But what we want to do is show you how to get out of this digression, how to avoid these things and how to get out of these things. And we're going to give you some tools this morning to do that. But depression, it comes from the fear, comes from the anger, comes from the stress, comes from the loss. And those things come, you start to turn the anger inward. You have sustained sadness, a, a sense of hopelessness starts to come. And it's now not just affecting your soul. Now this is affecting you spirit, soul, and body. When you're depressed, it affects your physical energy, your creativity, everything about you. It starts to happen. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? Okay. So at this point now, David in the Psalms, in Psalm 42, verse 5 in the New Living Translation, David says this. Watch this. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? Why am I so discouraged? 
Why is my heart so sad? Well, if you go out and, and, and read the history, what's going on? It's because he's had a lot of disappointments, some things to come and cause discouragement. Why am I so discouraged now? Because he's not dealt properly with the discouragement. Why is my heart so sad? He's depressed. And right here in the scripture, here's the remedy. Here's the cure. Here's the prescription right here. He says, I will put my hope in God. Everybody say that. I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my savior and my God. So when you get to this place, you're going to have to muster up. You're going to have to put yourself in remembrance and realize God is able to fix this. God is able to help this. He has helped me before. He's got me through other crud. He can get me through this stuff. And so at that point, then you stir that up and you're going to have to turn this thing back up. By putting your hope in God. And it's something that you, we've talked about and talked about, but this is what needs to happen at that point, that you put your hope in God. If you don't, if you don't start to turn this around, then you end up in disgust and you end up in defeat. And defeat really is this. It's where you say, just park it, take the wheels off, let it rust. It means you quit. And here's the good, good news about quitting and defeat and being defeated. You're never defeated unless you quit. So what we've got to do is stop you from getting to that place of quitting. But see, if you've lost your courage and now you're pressed down and you get to this place, then you just feel like, like I said, park it, take the wheels off, let the thing rust. I don't care anymore. I quit. My question is always this. What do you quit to? What do you quit to? Do you just become fodder for the enemy to just chew up and spit out? Or do you start to fight? You start to do some things that are going to help you to climb back up. And I'm going to tell you what, don't quit. Because if you don't quit, there's always a way to get back up and deal with these things. Can I get an amen so far? Now, what you have to do, we we want to avoid this, but we also have to deal with this along the way. Um, Part of fighting this, and please hear this. Is you have to challenge negative thoughts and negative feelings. Too many people, and I would say too many of you, just take it as, well, that's just the way it is. Negative thoughts, negative feelings without challenging them. Too often you're like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm just kind of down. Challenge that. When the joy of the Lord is your strength and God loves you so much that he's trying to bless you and help you and give you joy and peace. And guard your heart and guard your mind. And you're just going to let yourself, well, you know, just kind of down, got stuff going on. Challenge that. Challenge those negative and destructive thoughts and feelings. Because if you don't, they will come, they will start to come out of your mouth in the form of negative and destructive words. And the power of life and death are in your tongue. And you can tear down your life or you can build up your life with the power of words, faith-filled words. Come on. Never use your own mouth to speak against your own hope. And it is so powerful. It does something. I can't even fully explain it. But your speech centers dominate your brain. And if you're going to speak ugly, destructive, negative words, that's where you're headed, bro. But if you can avoid that, even if it's just by faith, you don't even feel anything. But you know what? God is my victory and God is my shield. and God is my help and God is my strength. And he will get me through somehow. I don't know how, but I know he will. You can say that. Rather than just giving over to, you know, nothing ever works out for me. And this is just going from bad to worse. And nobody likes me and everybody hates me. And 
I'm going to eat a worm. <laughs> you know, challenge that. Now, on a big scale, you challenge that. And then on a, on a smaller scale, you have fleeting thoughts and fleeting feelings that kind of come through. And they're of little or no damage or consequence, but they do come through. But I think if you start to see the same thoughts or feelings keep driving by, you know what I mean? Keep driving by. You need to go out on your front porch. Start staring them down a little bit. Have you seen that commercial where the ant is driving the car and he keeps, keeps driving, <laughs> keeps driving by? Don't just peek out your curtain. Go out front. When those, you, you get figuratively what I'm talking about. Those negative thoughts and feelings keep, keep driving by. Challenge them. Amen. Go out the edge of the road and, and stop and say, you lost? Because you don't belong here. And and you need to challenge those things, so to speak. You ready? And and never allow them to start pitching a a tent and setting up camp in your yard. But some people, negative thoughts, negative words, and it's just like, well, I heard on the news and my negative, nasty friend said, and, and you just start melting. Don't do it. Challenge these things. Put the living word of God in your mouth and in your heart and in your mind. And I can't fully explain it, but they are power filled and they are life changing. Death, life and the power of your words. And what is floating around in your mind? It's the pictures of those words. And so challenge those things. Very, very important in this. And if you get a disappointment, realize, you know, that's part, that's part of life. Deal with it. Think about it. Get creative. Turn it over to God. But as these things start coming on down, this is where we've got to avoid. This is where we've got to get out of those things. Are you with me so far? Now, just as life comes with disappointments, life also comes with just about an endless number of opportunities for a fresh start. I'm disappointed in your response. No. Just as life just has part of it, disappointments, it also gives us just about, you can't even number how many opportunities that we have for a fresh start. Everybody say fresh start. Fresh start. And so let's look at this here this morning. These are shorter words. I'm very confident to write these. Fresh start. Everybody say it again. Fresh start. Now, let's look. Um, think about this. Life is made up of years. We kind of measure it in years. Those years are made up of 365 days. Every year has four seasons or quarters. There are months. There's lunar cycles to help to measure those. We can see all these things going. There's weeks, there's days, there's 24 hours, there's minutes. Psalm 30 verse 5 says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the in the morning, Lamentations chapter three, verse 22 and 23 through the Lord's mercies. We are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are somebody help me. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Fresh starts another chance to go after this. Now we did not have, um, fully what I wanted to do here this morning, but this will certainly work for us today. How many of you, when you were in school, they didn't have smart boards and things. They just had chalkboards. Okay. Well, I had chalkboards when I was in school and, um, chalkboards were also used as part of the discipline system. 
And uh, some of the different levels of discipline when I was in school is, you know, the teacher would, you know, call your name, tell you to stop or something or shake their finger at you or beat their ruler on the edge of your desk and, you know, just give you that look or my teacher would pull my ear, you know, things like that. I love her. I forgive her. And, um, <laughs> and um, you know, then maybe write your name on the board and if you continued on, you get some checks. Um Get sent outside the classroom, have to sit outside, uh, lunch with the teachers. I ate a lot with teachers. My friends are making fun of me across the lunchroom, you know. And then it, you just kept pushing it and you went over the, over the limit. Uh, at my school, you got sent to my principal's office, Miss Harper. And the older kids told me out on the playground that she had a spanking machine in her office. Well, my first time in there, I was looking around for a spanking machine. She goes, are you paying attention to me? Yes, ma'am. I'm just looking around for this. So after school, I told all the older kids, I was in there today. There is no spanking machine. They go, yes, there is. You couldn't see it, but down by her desk, there's a lever and it opens up to the dungeon. It's down in the dungeon. Was well, about to scare me straight, you know. So anyway, you know, you're in class and things are going on and all of a sudden you do something. And I wasn't a bad kid. I wasn't a mean kid. I was just, I was busy. <laughs> and, you know, doing stuff with my pencils and making things out of paper. And there were always these little black ants on the floor. And I'd catch some of them and, you know, put them in the little pencil trough and do things or roll the pencil over them, you know, and doing things. And then all of a sudden, Timmy. And they have to do it hard too. And then my buddies, for the most part, they didn't get in trouble. Mark and David, they were good. But Eric, he got in a lot of trouble with me. Oh, you think that's funny, Timmy? (laughs) And on through the day and things would happen and, you know, time forbids. And plus, I just don't even want to tell you. And, you know, different things that would go on through the day and, you know, during the day. And it was always, always a lot of... And so then class is over and I am so thankful. <laughs> and it's time to go home now and to live close enough to ride my bike. But I remember you get your little lunchbox and your little stuff and you're on your way out. And the teacher stands right by the door. So you're on your way and I just kind of. And she goes, we need a little better effort tomorrow, Timmy. Yes, ma'am. And you get out and then with your buddies, you kind of forget about it. And you go and you ride bikes and you. And you play army and you play all kinds of stuff, you know, and drink out of hoses and, and, you know, and get home and eat snacks and swing and wrestle and got dirt and sweat and, you know, and then the day's over when you take a bath, uh, if mom remembered. And then, and, <laughs> and then the next morning you're, you're still free. You're just this kid. You're just, you're just free. And then you ride your bike and you're talking with your buddies and you got your cool lunchbox and then you're on the playground and then you get about 
10, 12 feet from the classroom and you remember, oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then you walk into the classroom. But thankfully you didn't see this. Because sometime after school yesterday or during the night, somebody came and washed the chalkboard and I got a fresh start. I got a fresh start. And aren't you glad? Aren't you glad God didn't have a chalkboard? How many of you would have some checks by your name? Okay. But the point is every day we get a what? We get a fresh start. Harold, uh, Henry Ward Beecher said, every tomorrow has two handles. We can take hold of it with the handle of anxiety or with the handle of faith. So every day you and I, we get this fresh start. How are you going to take that fresh start? What are you going to do with that fresh start? You can pick it up with a handle of anxiety. Thinking, man, we're sunk already. It's going to be a bad day. Or you can pick it up with a handle of faith. Knowing that God is with you. He will help you. He's ahead of you. And whatever you need, he has that. And endeavor to walk in his light that day. Now, I want to share with you in the next few moments here, something that is not new to us. We've looked at this um, numerous times before. This is a very, very important tool and weapon. You remember on the other side, disappointment, discouragement, depression, defeat. This is something that we've talked about before, but I want you to know this is an effective, super effective tool for your life. I use this in my life and I got to tell you, I stay encouraged. I truly do. I don't stay down for long. I know how to cast my cares and I, and you know, it's not that life is not without problems or challenges or pressure. It has it. Sometimes it feels like it's multiplied, you know, but through what I'm about to tell you that we've already talked about before, but we want to highlight a little bit this morning, add this to your life. And it's going to help you to stay encouraged and not discouraged. And it's going to help to keep you up so that you can help keep other people up. Amen. So what we call it is the first and final 15. Everybody say first and final 15. I'm talking about minutes. So the first 15 minutes of your day and the last 15 minutes before you try to go to sleep. This is your takeoff and this is your landing. Are y'all out there? This is your takeoff and this is your landing. And so your first 15 minutes. Now I'm going to go ahead and warn you, they're going to grow. Because as you start to get into this, you're going to find out what a blessing this is in your life. Hear me on this. If the best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. That's sad. That's sad. But you're going to find such joy in this. This time will grow right now. And and I only say this just for the sake of letting you know that this is okay. And this will grow. It's my first 90. And so I don't have the time to carve out a later in my day. So it's had to be carved out of. Of earlier in my day. I would not trade it for anything. I'll fight you for it. I'll do what I have to do the night before to make sure. But I'm not going to shortchange that. Because this is a scheduled appointment with my creator, my redeemer, and my Lord. Without him I can do nothing. Why would I try to start my day and have my day without a sit down with my creator, my redeemer, and my Lord? So it's those first 15 minutes. Now don't make me handle all the... What ifs and what ifs. Well, are you allowed to go to the bathroom? Go to the bathroom. 
do what you got to do headed toward that first 15 minutes. Take care of what you need to take care of. And then I, you know, I put on my robe and I'll get, get my stuff together and get a cup of hot tea. And now I'm ready. And you know what? It's this scheduled meeting, this appointment with my creator. And it is so vital that we do this as the first part of our day. It's a time for his words. It's a time for our words. I just spit on my glasses. It's going to put a check by my name, but it's going (laughs) It's a time for us to share with him. I posted the last week or so, part of prayer is to deeply think about something in God's presence. And it's in that place that you're going to get answers and wisdom and courage and peace about things. It's a time to worship God. It's a time when nobody else is there and you can lift your hands to God and you're going to sense his presence. You got to sometimes push through the, the veil of emotions and how you feel and all that stuff. But I'm going to tell you what, coffee is filled with caffeine. Pop tarts are full of sugar and some kind of fruit stuff. The solitude is full of God. And I'd rather fuel the beginning of my day. And if you add coffee and pop tarts, good, but make sure that you're not trying to run it on some kind of weak fuel of caffeine and sugar. Let's make sure that we're going with the almighty, the the one who knows everything, the only wise God that we're spending time with him, this solitude with him, this takeoff at the beginning of the day. It is just so, so vital for us. This is a time that you make some declarations. This is where you ask him some things. This is where you thank him for some things. This is where you make some adjustments. This is where if you'll invite him to do it morning after morning, areas that he's wanting to work in your life, you show up and he's already there and you realize, yes, Lord, and please stay on me about this one. Please continue to work. I know it doesn't feel good right now. Me knowing that your hand is heavy upon me about this, but don't let up on this work. This out of me, work your holiness into me and spend those honest times with God. It's an incredible thing. And sometimes just to be still. And I double dog dare you. I just triple dog dare you to have this time with God. And you say, it just sounds boring to me. It's because you haven't even done it. And if you'll just get there and get honest with God, he's always waiting on you. You're not waiting on him. You're not waiting for the curtains to blow or some weird feeling or whatever. He is there. And I'll tell you what, you're going to be able to find your way into his presence quicker and quicker and quicker. And there's mornings I rejoice and there's mornings that I weep and there's mornings that I really don't physically feel anything. But it's something that I know that's going on and through, again, the law of accumulation, something holy and something helpful is happening on the inside of me. You cannot just start your day if this is our takeoff without checking on some things. You know, I've had the opportunity to fly in some small planes with some guys and I love I love doing that. And and they don't just hop in, meet me at the airport and hop in and crank it up and go. They get there early and they fuel up and they, and they check everything and they have checklists and they make sure of this and that, make sure that's working and test this. And, and they do all of these things before they even take off. And yet, how do we start our days? I mean, we barely get there on time and then crank it up and here we go. You know, we're wondering why we're barrel rolling and doing all kinds of stuff and sputtering. And, you know, and we haven't even reached milk break back to school again. And it does as well to just start the day and say, you're the creator and I'm yours today. And this day is yours. And whatever I have today, surgery, court, war, or picnic, I give it to you. 
and to start your day that way. This is an incredible thing. It'll help you to deal with the disappointments and discouragements and depression and everything else. Matthew 6.33 says, but seek. Come on, church, but seek first seek first and you say well i work the night shift it's just first whatever is first for you however your hours are all mixed up or whatever whatever's first for you start that day and seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these other things are going to be added unto you and the second part is the final 15 this is your landing how many of you know that takeoffs are optional but landings are mandatory And as you bring it in, you've got to be very careful with this. And this is sealing your day. Now, for me, you know, I say first and final 15. Sometimes it's just 15. Sometimes it may be a half hour. It's a great time for some devotional reading. It's a good time to thank God for some things. It's a great time to cast some cares on the Lord. It's a great time to deal with some of the disappointments that you had during the day. God, I know that happened. It's it's a great time to forgive people. How many of you know there's a bunch of people during the day you think it's their part-time job to tick you off? Okay. Let them go. Let them go. Don't bring them home with you. Well, I live with them. Well, let them go. Let them go. And you just have to release those things. Don't sleep with those things. This is a time of reading, prayer, thanks, declaring your trust, to rest in Him. It's not, you don't want to end your day with the news. With a bunch of TV stuff, a bunch of internet stuff, emotional and mental junk food. Don't expect that you're going to end the day right and start the next day right. You know, staying up, staying up, staying up, watching this, looking at that. Drinking two liters of grape soda and watching cage fighting. Oh, bless the Lord. And go to sleep because, you know, this time, that final 15, it affects how you're going to sleep. It's going to affect your night. It's going to affect how you start the day tomorrow. And we're going to be ill-equipped and we're going to be empty to deal with disappointments tomorrow. And discouragement tomorrow And it's going to further push you down, push you down, push you down. Just because you didn't stop and start your day with the one who created you and knows everything about you and your day. He's, he's, he's able to stiff arm your enemies. He's able to rain down manna. He's able to open up a rock and cause water to come out. He's able to do anything and we just want to skip along and do whatever and wonder why we're so mixed up and so empty and why we're hurting so bad inside. We said, if you come and sit with me, I'll heal you. If you come and sit with me, I'll fill you. If you come and sit with me, I'll tell you something nobody else could tell you. And give you just one word from God, just one bit of wisdom, just one little touch that can't be even articulated. Just breathe on you by his Holy Spirit. That's a only way to start your day and in your day that take off and that landing is so absolutely vital in psalm 127 verse 2 said it is vain for you to rise up early or to sit up late for this purpose to eat the bread of sorrows don't be getting up early and staying up late just worrying and fretting and going over your to-do list for he gives his beloved sleep Literally in the Hebrew, it means this. He gives to his beloved in their sleep. And you want to be in that position where he will bless you even while you sleep. Restore you and refresh you and even deal with situations, real situations while you're at sleep. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 26 and 27 says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun, do not let the sun go down on your wrath 
nor give place to the devil, indicating that if you go to bed mad, you're giving an opening to the devil. I won't go into the full illustration, but to me, it's kind of like a plate glass window on a jewelry store that is loaded with jewels. And just before closing time, somehow a rock breaks that window. The shop owner is not going to say, well, fix it tomorrow. You know, he's going to place, he's going to stay on guard. He's going to do what he has to do to protect those things. But see, when you go to bed angry and go to bed stressed out and you don't know how to cast those cares or get things right with people or just release people. Husbands and wives, please, please, even though you may have a lot of things going on, guard that entrance into the night. Guard that landing. You know, if you're on a commercial flight and it's time to land, everybody in your seats. You know, put all your stuff up. Turn off the electronics. Everybody get in these places. Why? Because we've got to have special care as we come in. But how do we end our day? All kinds of stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, your mom. You know, we go through all, all this stuff and we're all wired up and wound up. And then we expect, uh, you know, it's bedtime. Oh, pastor said, don't go to bed mad. And you've got it all wired up and you go, we're good, right? And he or she's going to say, no, we're not. And be aware of that earlier in the day. And you know what? Sometimes you're trying to resolve things and it just seems like it gets worse as you try to resolve it. Both of you need to be committed to this. We've got to have a safe landing tonight. We may not be able to get all this worked out, but I love you. You know that you, I love you. You love me. And we know that we've got to land this thing safely tonight. You're going to wake up with an emotional hangover. You're going to wake up already fried and frayed and frizzed out. Wow, that's good. You're going to have all that going on. Don't go to bed angry and stressed and fretting or you're going to give an opening to the devil. First Peter five, seven says, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. It's a great time. to Just cast your care. How do you cast your care? You just say, God, I've got this thing and I cannot carry it. I'm not even supposed to carry it. I roll the burden of it over onto you. Psalm 55, 22 says this, cast your burden on the Lord and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. And this will help you to make a proper landing. Your first and your final 15. This is your takeoff. This is your landing. These are the bookends for your day. This is stewardship of your day. It's going to help you to process disappointments and discouragement so that you never end up discouraged and in depression and in defeat. And I'm going to tell you something. This is an incredible, effective tool that will help you. You're going to surprise yourself. You're going to be surprised just in a matter of days, just in a matter of meetings of starting your day, ending your day, first and final 15, minimum first and final 15 every day. Give that to God. When do you think would be a good time to start this? How about tonight? How about tonight? Why don't you spend the rest of your day thinking about that landing and making that a safe landing, a rich, precious time. There's wonderful devotional reading things. There's, there's uh, the Psalms put courage back into you. Good thing to read at night. Proverbs in the morning, Psalms at night, and other things that you would add on. And just talk to God and just, God, thank you. Even if you had the worst day you've ever had that you can remember. Thank you, God, that I made it. Thank you that you're still with me. You'll never leave me. I mean, just start to let these things roll. And you're going to have a wonderful landing. He'll bless you in your sleep. You can start another day. And you, my friend, will be learning how to encourage yourself. And then you're going to be able to be an encouragement to other people as well. Did you get anything at all out of this today?